Hello, and welcome to our Secular Sponsor Speaker Series. Each week we hear from an Overeaters Anonymous member who has attained and maintained abstinence without God and has served as a sponsor to other members. The series also provides opportunities for Secular OA members who don't have a sponsor or are interested in exposure to a variety of points of view to learn from the experience of others. We encourage everyone to sponsor others up to the level of their own recovery and to use these tools with each other as peers. If you are willing to sponsor or to work as a peer, please post a message at secular.overeaters.community at gmail.com. Again, the email address is secular.overeaters.community at gmail.com. For additional information about abstinence without God, go to secularovereaters.org. And now, let's hear from this week's Secular OA sponsor. Hi, I'm uh, Alan, a grateful recovering food addict, member of OA. Just real quickly, uh, I, uh, this is what I looked like before I was in OA. My top weight was 335 pounds. I'm keeping off 150 pounds. I've been in OA uh, 31 years, um, and I've been absent about 26 of those years. But in that 31 years, I've had three relapses. I currently have six years of back-to-back. At one point, I had 14 years. And so uh, preventing relapse is something that's really important to me. And I had several relapses, so I um, sort of have learned from it. And hopefully what I've learned can help other people avoid relapses. So just a little bit of background on relapse. There was a, a researcher in Alcoholics Anonymous, who's a member of AA, but also a psychological addiction researcher. And with alcohol, people don't just suddenly pick up a drink. They're not just like doing great and suddenly they fall into a bar. A bunch of things happen before it that a, you know, alcohol or picking up is the last happen. And so this guy has published journal articles and studies, and he's well known. I won't mention his name because he's not a professional, but he's very well known. And there was a food addiction counselor at a treatment center I went to because of a relapse. And this food addiction counselor studied with him and took what he learned about relapse prevention for drugs and alcohol and mapped it to food. And um, several of us who'd been through relapses hired this guy for a weekend. We spent, um, seven of us spent a weekend with him studying, you know, what he knew about relapse prevention. And then we formed a monthly group to reinforce what we learned. And we met monthly and we met for like 15 or 20 years, uh, and it was incredibly effective. It helped a number of us catch relapses before they happened. And I think four of those members now have over 25 years of abstinence. So um, I feel like it's a, it's a, a tried and true process. Um, but the basic concept is, is that you just don't fall into the food, that food is the last thing to go. And there's warning signs. And if you can catch the warning signs, um, early, you can avoid the relapse. It's really that simple. And so it's all about understanding the warning signs and managing them. And just to kind of give a a simple analogy, but I think it works well, is that if you have a 2020 Honda Accord, you know, and it's maintained and it's in good shape, it just doesn't suddenly break down. You know, it's never, it doesn't just crash and break down and stop running. But if you're driving that car and the dashboard has a little yellow light, a little warning light that comes on. That little yellow light says, you know what? Your oil uh, needs to be changed or the water is low or the air pressure is down. You know, and those little yellow lights come on. You can do a couple things. You can ignore it. You can just ignore that. And lo and behold, if you ignore that oil change light long enough, 
You know, your engine's going to lock up, burn black smoke and die. You know, you ignore the low fluid indicator long enough, you'll burn up your engine and you ignore the low air pressure on your tire and keep letting it lower and lower, your tire will become flat and you won't be moving. And so, um, but equally, if you take the correct action right away, you can prevent it. And, you know, obviously if the oil change light goes on and you take the correct action to change the oil, and maybe you don't know how to change oil. So you get help. You go to somebody, help me change oil. Or maybe you do know how to put air in a tire so that you can do on your own. You know, maybe some things you can do on your own, some things you need help, you need support. So with that analogy, it really goes the same way with OA warning signs. So what's an example of a warning sign? Well, perhaps the most common one is your weight's going up. So many of us come here because our weight is too high. We get to the right weight. We're staying at a right weight for a while. And one day the scale says, hello, you know, I'm up a pound, I'm up five pounds, I'm up 10 pounds, whatever the number is. That's a warning sign if maintaining a healthy weight is your goal or part of your goals in this program. So you get that and you say, what might the action be? Well, the action might be to do an inventory of what you're doing differently. Like, oh, I'm eating out more, I'm exercising less, I used to measure that, I don't measure that, right? Like, it would be an inventory of what am I doing different that's not working. And what if I need support? What if I, I don't feel like looking at my food, it's scary, it's stressful. Well, the support could be a couple things. It could be calling up your sponsor and say, hey, something's not right, I've gained five pounds, you know, can we talk it through? Ask me questions. Let's discuss it. Maybe you go to your nutritionist, right? If you use a nutritionist and say, hey, something's not right. Maybe it's just you're getting older and your metabolism is slower and you need to have less calories, right? Maybe it's um, you were eating some food that you didn't know was calorically dense because you weren't aware. You didn't read the ingredients. You changed brands of, I don't know, cereal or something, you know? So, but basically you say, you know, I can't quite figure this out on my own. I need some help. I need some support. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you're just aware. You know what? I just started eating out twice a week when I used to eat out once a week. And it's that simple. You know, that extra time a week eating out, you know, over a month or two or three months adds to five pounds. And the action might simply be go back to eating out once. And and that could be that simple. You don't need support. But that's the basic idea. You know, you go, what's that yellow light? What's that warning sign? What's the action I need to take to manage that sign? And um, do I need help to do it? Can I do it on my own or do I need help? And help typically is another member of OA, providing accountability, talking things through. Sometimes it's outside of OA, like a nutritionist or something. So, um, So that's the basic idea. And then in terms of going through the warning signs, there's kind of a part of it of just knowing your warning signs, like just knowing yourself and going, gosh, if I do this, that's a warning sign. And then there's, am I doing it? Is it active? You know what I mean? It's like, you know where the yellow lights are on your dashboard, but are they on? Are they actually showing it? And uh, so, and I think of it as having four categories of warning signs. And, you know, this isn't a perfect schema, but I think it works well for a lot of us. Um, The first is program, right? And that's almost the the most basic. So what do I mean by a program warning sign? Well, I'm going to less meetings or going to no meetings. I'm not calling my sponsor. Um, I stopped working the steps. I stopped reading every day. I stopped making phone calls. I stopped making action plans, like things you were doing that you stopped doing. And so what's an example? I 
I'm going to less meetings. That's the warning sign. I'm going to less meetings. What might be the action to manage it? Well, no, no surprise here. Go to more meetings. But what if I need some support for it? Like, you know, ah, I keep saying I'm going to go to it, but I'm not really. Okay, you call up your sponsor and say, you know what? Every Sunday night, I'm going to make a meeting plan for the week. I'm going to go to whatever it is, Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. And I'm going to email it to you Sunday night. And then you can, and then I'll email, check back the following Sunday. Did I go to it? And that might be this, that might be all it takes. Just having accountability. Sometimes, you know, making a plan, having accountability is all you need. So that's an example where, you know, you need the support. Or you might be the kind of person that just says, ah, I can go to more meetings and you don't need support. But that's an example within the category of program. Okay, the second bucket is what I call physical and food stuff. Physical and food stuff might look like, well, obviously, weight is a big one, you know, for those of us who, you know, maintaining whether it's too high or too low, right? An anorexic getting too low, or food overeater getting too high, but then also food stuff. Um, the most common one I call is um, rationalizing foods. And then I call it like an expanding precedent. Like I rationalize, I can do this once. Oh, that's okay. I can have 5% more at some meal. That's the new baseline. And then the next week it's 5% more and 5% more, right? You set a precedent and you expand it. And all of a sudden, the moderate cup of, you know, whatever potatoes is like a mound of a cup or the moderate salad is a salad for like a really hungry pack of rabbits. You know, it's just like, um, you know, way too much going on. And again, it's just some other examples are maybe use of alcohol, eating out too much, excessively weighing yourself, using recreational drugs, getting food delivered too much, excessive exercise, lack of exercise, you know, anything with your physical body or your food. And again, what might be an example of what to do? Okay, you realize that I'm eating out too much. I mean, I used to eat out twice a week, it's three times, same thing. I can either just eat out less, or if I'm struggling to do that, I call my sponsor and say, help me figure out how to eat out less. Let's talk it through. I'll call you, I'll track it, I'll, you know, whatever it takes. But again, getting help to manage the warning sign, you know, it's an action that manages the warning sign. So that's the second bucket, right? The first bucket was your program. Second bucket was your food or your physical body, like exercise and weight. The third bucket I call emotional spiritual. And I know for some people, the word spiritual is like sort of saying God with vanilla covering or something like that. And, you know, I, I'm thinking more like meditation or you like to hug trees or something, but, you know, if you don't like the word spiritual, don't hear that word as I say it. But what I mean by emotional spiritual is, you know, I'm getting out of sync, right? I'm angry a lot, depressed a lot, really tired, not sleeping well, anxiety issues. Maybe I have a mental health condition and I'm not managing, not seeing my doctor about it, my therapist, my psychiatrist. Uh, maybe meditation was a big part of my life and I've stopped meditating. So again, I look at it and go, what are my emotional, spiritual warning signs? And let's take a simple one. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm exhausted. I'm irritable because I don't get enough sleep. Hey, you check in with yourself and it could be as simple as getting more sleep, but maybe again, you need support. You know, I, I used to sponsor him. He would tell me what time he would go to sleep. He would email me like every so often, I'm going to go to sleep by 10 p.m. Or he would email me the number of hours of sleep he had. And like we would talk and dialogue and have support and accountability. And it seemed to help him sleep better, which made it easier to be abstinent. So that's the third bucket, the emotional, spiritual bucket. 
And then the, the fourth bucket I call life triggers and events. And that's like, you know, big things that happen in your life that affect things. You lose your job, somebody dies, you go through a divorce, you go through a financial problem, a bankruptcy, right? I mean, big things affect us. Um, it could be good positive things. You're, you're pregnant, you're moving to another location, you're getting a new job, a better job. But again, like big shifts, big life events, you know, can put our abstinence at risk. And when I say life events slash triggers, a trigger might be every time I go home for Christmas or whatever, for, you know, solstice, right? If you're really secular, every time I go home for solstice, you know, I, you know, get triggered because they all want me to, you know, eat all these foods and these foods are around. Uh, every time I'm around my mother, my cousin, my father-in-law, the person drives me crazy. I want to eat because I can't deal with that person, right? And so again, if you know you're going to be around a trigger, or it could even be a trigger like eating at a buffet. I mean, I get triggered around buffets, right? I'm paying so many dollars for all I can have. And I want to taste every freaking thing I paid for. It looks interesting, right? Like I know buffets will trigger me, you know? And again, what's an action you could take? Well, the buffet is like a simple one. I'll often say to my sponsor, you know what? I'm going to do two trips to that. One trip is just going to be vegetables. The second trip is going to be protein and starch and kind of talk through what it'll be. And boom, you know, and then it's that. And maybe call my sponsor afterwards. So, you know, again, you make an action plan to manage the trigger. If you don't feel like you can manage it alone, then you ask for help. You ask for support from other members of OA. I mean, that's what we are. We're a support group. We help each other, you know, do things that keep us from overeating or undereating. So that's kind of basically the model. And what I want to do is ask for a volunteer. And I'm just going to, ask you to walk through some, you know, warning signs you have and think about what would be your actions and if you need support. So can I get a volunteer from our studio audience? I feel so funny. I'm happy to volunteer. Okay. Hey, David. Hi. Uh, so um, really, so I'm just going to go through the categories. So in terms of programming, it can be a, a warning sign you're, you're currently having, like it's active, or you just know that would be a warning sign, even if it's not today. Like like if you went to no meetings, that would be a warning sign, but obviously you're at a meeting. So uh, can you give me an example of a warning sign around your OA program? That's And tell me if it's active. Yeah, um, I will say it's not active right now, but uh, meeting frequency declining, because I generally go to two to three meetings a week right now. and I've noticed that when I am starting to slip back to my old habits, that frequency will go down to maybe one meeting and I'll come up with justifications, be it work or other life things that make it okay for me to not go to the number of meetings I know are ideal for me. And then, so what would be a, an action step you could take to get to more meetings? Um, I think just giving it away for me has has been the thing to break that cycle. Like just making an outreach call or talking to my sponsor and saying, I didn't go to these two meetings this week. And I think that that's, you know, I think that that's the wrong choice. Usually that's enough to get me to go to the next one. And also once we're back face to face, utilizing online meetings as, well, maybe I can't, 
bring myself to come to a face-to-face meeting, but I can definitely log into Zoom in my pajamas. And, you know, it's it's just a lot easier to, to get in. And if you were struggling to kind of get back to meetings on your own, how could you use OA to help you to get support? Well, I, I think I just kind of mentioned it, but I, I think outreach is the biggest thing for me. Do you mean if I'm unable to make outreach? Yeah. Or if if basic outreach isn't enough, is there anything you could do to get more support? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) And people can dialogue and suggest, like you could say, well, um, what if you made a meeting plan for the week and emailed it to a person? You know, would that be something that might work? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's... uh... I don't like doing that because then I know I have to follow through. But yeah, that's probably the best, <laughs> uh, the best choice. Okay, so let me jump to the second one. Uh, in terms of your your physical body, physically, or your food, what's an example of a relapse warning sign? For me, definitely delivery. Uh, that's actually become one of my abstinence guidelines. Uh, is that I just don't get delivery because it's it's never a positive thing for me. It's always in isolation, uh, usually during depression, and it's it's a way for me to not interact with anybody or anything and mm-hmm. just isolate further. And what would be a way to manage that? Well, there's physical barriers that I've placed, so I actually um, like got in contact during a, an abstinent period and got in contact with all of the delivery apps that I was on and had them delete my accounts. Uh-huh. And even one step below that is like erasing the saved usernames and, and passwords just to make any little speed bump to me getting yeah. that food because they have designed these platforms to make it as easy as possible. If you were struggling to do that, how could you get OA help to do that? I think in the same way, um, I would probably use meditation in, in that scenario just to reconnect to my higher power. And this is actually my first agnostic atheist meeting. So I'm not sure. I assume higher power is acceptable here. Uh, let me know if it's not. Sure. But yeah, it's, I think just recentering with what do I really want? What do I really need right now? And if that doesn't work, I'd say something uh, like accountability, like we spoke about in the last one, is a is a good way to do it. Even just one day, mm-hmm. you know, be like, "Hey, fellow member, I'm gonna I'm gonna text you at the end of this day and tell you whether or not I got delivery today." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so let me jump to the third one. Um, how about in the emotional spiritual realm? What would be a warning sign? This is probably the hardest one for me. I think because anxiety and depression uh, and hyperactivity are something that I suffer from mentally. So there, there are multiple chemical imbalances. So it's very easy and kind of comfortable for me to go into those things uh, because I've done it my entire life. So I think the big one here, again, is meditation for me because that, that cuts through everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can sit in silence and breathe with my eyes closed for 20 minutes, there's no way I'm anxious when I come out of it. There's no way I'm depressed when I come out of it. It doesn't solve all my problems for the rest of the day, but 
it does at least give me a brief window out of those triggering mm-hmm. mental states. And then if you were struggling to get yourself to meditate, is there any way you could use OA or any outside human beings to help you meditate? Yeah, I think connection is the most important one on that. So um, reaching out to somebody and asking them to join me for a meditation for you know even five minutes because all of those spiritual and emotional states are very isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the connection is the best part of that. And then um, the last one, an example of a life event or trigger that would be a relapse warning sign. Yeah, this happens to me constantly. Um, I travel a lot for work. I am a freelancer, so I you know sometimes don't have work for months at a time, and then I'm inundated. So I have noticed that transitions in any capacity even spending a couple nights at my girlfriend's house and then coming back home are triggering because there's just, you know, there's something a little off. You're, you're going through this, this transition. So making a plan in advance of that has been the best effective method for me. And usually that involves my sponsor. I haven't really been able to do that too much myself so far. But just little things like Sunday nights, I call my sponsor because Sunday night is transitioning into the week and the anxiety starts to come in of what's coming up. Um, And so, yeah, between utilizing her as an OA resource and then creating an action and a food plan just for the next, you know, 12 to 24 hours uh, is really effective. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your stepping up. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. To hear recordings of other speakers in this series, visit secularovereaters.org. And while you are there, please consider making a donation to support our work.